like holding on to that hand. Of course, if you can't hold on, he'll hold on to you. That's what I'm counting on because I know how many times I've slipped and fell out of that hand trying to hold on myself. But he always was right there to catch me. He's always right there to catch you. Amen. I just want to thank the Lord for traveling mercy. I was out to Utah for the weekend. Visited my son in ICU. Um, I left on Sunday and he got dismissed on Sunday. He's up in Dickinson, North Dakota now. Has his own apartment and today was his first day at the new job. Continued prayers for him as well as me and the rest of us. Amen. If you have a request upon your heart, I'm just so thankful that God is just faithful. Amen. You may not see that grain of sand fall from that mountain that you spoke to, but it did roll off. And there's more coming. That mountain will disappear. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, I love you. It's so good to be in the house of the Lord, your house with your children, Father. And we come to express our gratitude, Father, for the, everything that you do to us. You meet our every need. Father, I pray for your people this morning. Pray for our loved ones, our children. Lord, we just pray that your will would be done, Father. We can see the world's where it's going, but Lord, we're looking up. We're looking at your word and the promises, the golden age for your bride, Father would not want to live in any other age, Father. Help me to stand as a soldier of the Lord, soldier of the cross in this day and time, to be a light to anyone and everyone that I meet, Father. I pray that you would bless the ministering of your word, Father. Open up that gift, Father. Open up our hearts. Help us to receive what you have for us. And Lord, as we gather the tithes and offerings, I pray that you bless the cheerful giver. Those that are streaming, Lord, that are not able to be here, Father, but your presence, Lord, is more than able to be with them this evening. I pray that you would do that. Touch our sick and afflicted. Give us strength, Father, for the journey, we pray in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Give Sister Sarah a hand. She comes.
Let my desires be overshadowed As I recall the purpose of that place Hide me behind the cross Where my name becomes as lost And only your glory So the world sees only you. If I rely on my strength to be a source of hope to those in profit I would gain would be the empty honor of my deed but with all of self behind your cross the splendor of your love stands free to shine illuminated with your power reaching souls so you alone are glory
worship the Lord here. <clears throat> Down from his glory, ever living story, my God and Savior. Born in a man. 
sing Jesus is the sweetest name I know. Jesus is the sweetest name I know.
key of F, please. We'll sing Such Love. This wasn't on the list. I apologize to my musicians. Such love, such wondrous love, such love, such wondrous love, that God should love a sinner such as I. How wonderful is love like this? Such love, such wondrous love, such love, such wondrous love, that God should love a sinner such as I. How wonderful is love like this? That God should change your heart and live inside of you that it would no longer be you living but God living through you so that's the desire of my heart this evening is that 
God would come and change my heart of anything that would be unlike him. So if, if that's your desire, Lord, just sing this as a prayer to him. Just pour your heart out into the Lord this evening. <clears throat> change my heart, oh God. Make it ever. Change my heart, oh God. May I be like you. Change my heart, oh God. Make it ever true. Change my heart, oh He's going to start preaching my sermon. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. Matthew, we're turning to the book of Matthew, by the way. <laughs> Going back there, Matthew chapter 12, greet you in the name of the Lord this evening. Happy to have all here with us. Amen. God bless you, Matthew chapter 12. Sarah, good to see you again. Amen. 
Praise the Lord. Um, we want to just uh, tie in tonight. <laughs> so I was convinced I could finish everything last Sunday, and I got about halfway. So I said, okay, I'll finish it in part eight. And that would have worked, except that the Lord stuck another part in between that. So this will be part eight, and we'll have to try to come to Sunday with part nine. Amen. Now, if the rapture occurs, I'll have to preach it in glory. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. I would love to be preaching a sermon when the trumpet sounds. Amen. Wouldn't that be something? Be here gathered on a Sunday morning and that door burst open and saints from, who have gone on just walk in among us and go, it's over. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. My goodness. Praise the Lord. Matthew chapter 12, verse, um, let's, let's just read verse 41 and 42. It's familiar to us. We've been studying it, so I just wanted to start here to connect last Sunday to tonight. <clears throat> Verse 41, Matthew 12, 41. The men of Nineveh shall rise in judgment with this generation and shall condemn it because they repented at the preaching of Jonas, and behold, a greater than Jonas is here. The queen of the south shall rise up in the judgment with this generation and shall condemn it. For she came from the uttermost parts of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, a greater than Solomon is here. Master, we thank you for your word tonight. There's a blessing in reading it. There's a blessing in hearing it read. And Lord, we did both. And so... I'm asking for your divine favor, Lord, to take this thought and break it to the people as you've dealt with my own heart, Lord. And this thought is one of those that's very close to personal to me, Lord. So I, I just want to get out of the way and allow, Lord, the experiences of my life to be a witness to the people. Lord, let me speak freely, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, friends. You can be seated. Now, very quickly, I want to move very quickly, being a Wednesday night, we were commenting to you on Sunday concerning the men of Nineveh and concerning the queen of the south, which we know to be the queen of Sheba, that it was, it was something that they did. It was actually something that was a performance of their faith in their life. In other words, it was more than just lip service. It was more than just something they said. And we were contrasting that last Sunday as we were coming down near the end to show you that that's really, really what this series has been about. Because you remember that we've been dealing the difference between Logos and Rima, and they're both the Word of God, yeah. but they, but the, when it's the Word of God in established form, that's the Logos. But when that Word uh, moves upon some person and that person becomes a living reality of that Word, of that established Word, then that's Rima. We've given you example after example. Our favorite one is to go to Mary, and I don't, I'm not going to go back there tonight. Um, got some more to say on that this Sunday, but we were finishing with how that, you know, Mary picked up the 
700-year-old prophecy. I mean, you're talking about something powerful. All she hears is a 700-year-old logos. And, and something strikes her. And here's a big point. It was not something she could reach to herself. It, because just being convinced of the validity, convinced that the Logos written in Isaiah, in Isaiah uh, 712 years prior, the fact that she believed that was a true prophecy, just being convinced of it mentally would not have produced her to bring forth a, a virgin birth. But what happened is the Spirit of God came upon her at that moment. He said, well, he overshadowed her. He did, but that was never going to arrive. He first had to come and reveal not only that the word was true, but she would be the vessel and God would do it. And it was happening and it was now. And, and, and beyond her own reasoning, which said this is impossible, beyond her own human fears, saying, I can't do it. Don't we say that, Lord? I know you're, you're promised a bride, and I, but I read that a bride is perfect, and I just can't. Hey, Mary thought that too. You know, if, if Jesus was standing here tonight and trying to give you the word about a virgin-born bride at the end time, and you would say to him, Lord, I just don't see how I can be that. Jesus might look at you and say, been there, done that. Mary felt the same way. Every one of my apostles felt the same way. But I'm here to tell you, like I told Abraham, I've only come here to tell you what I've already done. You're my family, and that's why you are predestinated before the foundation of the world. So it, it's something more. When, when Rima strikes you, Rima is, not, Rima is not in play until you are projecting the word alive. In other words, if it just stays convinced in your mind, it's just Logos. See, but, but when you believe it, then it becomes life to you. That's why Jesus would say, my words to you are spirit and they are life. We read that. Right, we might look at that again here in a moment. We're going to look at a lot of scriptures. All right, so, so we found that we were showing you that it's not so much what the Queen of Sheba said, although she had a testimony. It's not just so much, you know, what the... Men of Nineveh said it's what they did. They repented. She crossed the desert. She got kicked out of her society. She, she forsook everything she ever knew just to go to one church service to hear Solomon. And Jesus said she'll rise with this generation and condemn it because she went just to hear Solomon and a greater than Solomon is here. Alright, so, so when we I, I said to you last Sunday that remember that when you read in Revelation 1 and 3, we found out that the, 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 the command to the church in the very first chapter is, Blessed is he that readeth and they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep. Now you're going to need three out of three. 
See, you're going to, blessed is he that readeth and they that hear and they that keep the things which are written in the book. And we find that when he, that principle of hearing, recognizing, and acting upon the word of God is a principle all through 2,000 years and every age you say, how could we, how could William Branham identify the right messenger and the right movement from ages thousands of years ago, hundreds and even thousands of years ago, because he used that principle. He could look in history and find the single group that didn't just hear and didn't just anon with joy, but they actually understood, and then they didn't just hear it and understand it, but they acted upon it. And that's why he was able to go down through there and say, this is why I chose Irenaeus over his teacher, Polycarp. Because Polycarp heard, recognized, and acted, but Polycarp had a little bit of a, a mentality toward denominationalism. Whereas Irenaeus was militantly against that, and it so happens that the Holy Ghost is militantly against that. Against that. He's not for organized religion. And so Brother Brandon was able to use that same criteria to identify every messenger and identify every movement. That's why he chose the movement of Martin Luther over the movement of Zwingli. Zwingli was a powerful movement. But when, it, when, when the prophet looked into the word of God to see who was really hearing and recognizing the truth of the hour and acting upon it, that wasn't Zwingli. He was close. No doubt he was a servant of the Lord, but God chose Luther because Luther crystallized that revelation and he acted upon it and it coalesced a movement around it. Amen? Same thing with Wesley. Same thing with Azusa. And it, it wasn't that, you know, Wesley was the only fish in the sea, but he was the one who, who would hear and recognize and act. And when you come and we took you there, and we're not going there tonight, to Revelation uh, 22 and uh, 6 and 7, you find it saying, he said unto me, these sayings are faithful and true. I want to say to you tonight that these sayings are faithful and they're true. And they work. And it isn't just a pipe dream that you can become this. You can and you are. And you shall. He has never failed in any age to bring his family to the rima of the word. That they were the living word of their hour. This is exactly why they are part of the first resurrection. This is why the foolish virgin are not. See, they have sanctification. They have justification. But you can be justified without being sanctified. Justified of your past sins. That doesn't help you in the future. It just means you repented of your past deeds and God forgave you. But, but if you don't get sanctified, you've got to go on and let the Holy Spirit start working in your flesh and sanctify your lives. That's a work of the Holy Ghost. But then you've got to... You've got to completely die and be born completely again by the same working of the same Holy Spirit in a further work. And, and the foolish virgin 
go through justification and they go through sanctification, but they don't get the oil. They don't get the new birth. They're not part of the first resurrection. They sleep during the thousand year millennium. They go to the judgment bar and are judged for their life. The bride avoids all of that. The bride is seated with him on the throne. Her sins have already went ahead of her. By the time you get there, they're already dealt with. You don't want your sins to follow you there. Some men's sins go before them to judgment. The Bible says some men's sins follow after them. You want to be the kind that it goes before you and is judged in Christ. All right, so he says here, and he said unto me in Revelation 22, 6 and 7, he said unto me, these sayings are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show unto his servants the things which must shortly be done. Behold, I come quickly... Blessed is he, and here it is again, that same exact word in English and in Greek. Blessed is he that keepeth the saying of the prophecy of this book. So now, when I've got the, that principle in chapter 1, and I've got the principle after John has been shown a, river, a pure river of water, He's already been shown the, 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 the beauty of, of Jerusalem. He's already been, and now the, it's the last, it's just the wrapping up. I come quickly. I've sent mine angel. When I can read it at the beginning of the church ages, that his family are those who hear, recognize, and keep the word. And then I can read that the people who, who are standing, staring at that pure river of water of life, and I'm, I'm going to be that person. And the requirement has not changed that you hear, recognize, and obey. You keep, and you don't just keep it. I showed you last Sunday, you guard it. You guard it. That's going to become important in just in a moment. All right. Now, let's go through some scriptures together. And I, I, I subtitled this the testimony of Jesus because remember the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Yeah, amen. And that's what Revelation 1.3 is prophecy to Revelation 22.6 and 7. It's showing that this is the principle and, and it's going to reach because in the same book he wrote the church that starts is the church that finishes. Amen. And we're going to make it. Amen. Good news. Yeah. We're going to make it. Yeah. I've read the back of the book. The requirement didn't change. I've got, I'm meeting the same requirement Paul met. So that's why Brother Random said, I preach what Paul preached. Will Paul's group make it? Yes, then my group will make it. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. All right. So now watch. So we're talking about keeping his word. It's a very big topic because a believer loves to keep God's word. There's really nothing of such consternation to a believer is when they fail to keep God's word. Even people like myself who is always a cup is half full kind of guy. Get it from my dad. The sun is always shining even if it's cloudy. I just say, well, it's just above the clouds. It'll be out tomorrow. And if it's not tomorrow, I'm the next day. But even I can get way down in the dumps if I don't find myself measuring up to the standard 
for the hour in which I live, you're looking at a man who wants to measure up to the standard. Hallelujah. Watch what he says here. Now Paul's instructions to the church at Thessalonica. He says, but we are bound. Now we're talking about keeping the word. That's the sign of the church. She keeps the word. We are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because, uh, let me keep up with myself, because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth. So you're not going to be able, I'm sorry if this hurts your feelings, but it doesn't do you any good to believe God sent a prophet if you don't live a sanctified life. You still have one ounce of victory. Brother J.D. was preaching on this Wednesday and Brother Matt two Wednesdays before that under the the true atonement and uh, the other one on atonement. And then Brother J.D. comes behind and, and, and just complimented those two from Brother Matt. And I thought tonight this is, I could see why the Holy Spirit is doing this. Friends, we're almost home. And it's God saying, I need you to be ready. See? So watch, because somebody is going to become the Rima. Oh, my. Somebody's going to become the Rima of that. That's Logos. That's established truth. But 8 billion other people aren't becoming that. But there is a people who not only are it, but want to be it. Oh, man, I'm going to have to keep going. I'm getting so excited. All right, let me move on. Where in two? He called you. What, what did he call me to? To, be, to? to have salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth. It's a package deal. Amen. Amen. Whereunto he called you by our gospel to the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is so selfish to not let your light shine. Because it's supposed to be to the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's so selfish to live as a believer. And I'm just going to give you credit that you're a real one. You're authentic. You've got a gene. You really believe it. But you live carnal. You live on the edges. You don't do what's necessary to stay spiritual. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. See? Therefore, brethren... Stand fast and hold the traditions which ye have been taught from the NLT. Stand firm and keep a strong grip on the teaching we passed on to you, whether by word or our epistle. I want to say to you, keep a grip. Come on, let's not let this thing slip. I know it's 2023 and it's about to be 2024, but I say we get a strong grip on the Word of God and say it doesn't change and neither do we change. We're serious about serving God. He writes on further in his pastoral letters, one here to Timothy, a second letter to Timothy. Nevertheless, I love this. Nevertheless, The foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his. And let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. So the first part is God 
knowing who are his. That's the first part. Let's get that straight. God knoweth them that are his. I can't help who walked in it for decades and then walked away. God knoweth them that are his. I can't help the critics of the world with their nonsense, but I know this, God knoweth them that are his. And that comforts me because when I fail, I stand up and I say, Satan, God knoweth them that are his. Hallelujah. But notice the conjunction and right there. And let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. So the second part, so the first part is God knowing who are his. The second part is a life that testifies to the redemptive work of Christ. You're not going to get around that. It's let everyone who nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Our life is to be is, is to be an identified life as a living testament Amen. to the sealing work of the Holy Ghost. Are you willing to let your life be a seal and a proof to the world that the sealing of the Holy Ghost changes a man? See? All right, he goes on, verse 20. But in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. If a man therefore, catch it, if a man therefore let God purge him. Let the preacher purge him. <laughs> let the deacon purge him. <laughs> Amen. Even the hit man purging you wouldn't give you eternal life. <laughs> even Brother Jason, even if you come to my office and I've got a thumb screw back there. That wouldn't give you eternal I'd purge you, but it wouldn't give you eternal life. <laughs> if a man therefore purge himself from these. Brother Jason, how can I overcome? If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel of honor. I want to be a vessel of honor. Okay, there's a, there's a method to this. There's a method. It's, it's, it's not madness. You can be an overcomer. You purge yourself and make yourself a vessel of honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use and prepared unto every good work. Do you think of your life as preparing your life for every good work? I'm preparing myself so that the Holy Ghost can work through me. I'm preparing myself for that, you see. All right, you're following along, right? He goes on. He's going to, I mean, Paul's not going to let this go. He's going to turn the screws even harder. Amen. Flee also, youthful lust, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Oh, I just thought the Lord was going to perform all this in me. As Brother Jason said last Wednesday he, he, he'll do it through you, but he won't do it for you. Right. The bride hath made herself ready. Yes. See, back up. If a man therefore purge himself from these, flee youthful lust, but follow righteous, righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Listen, friends, 
I can tell you from experience, this requires tenacity and determination and grit. And you finally just say, I am a believer and this world is not my home and I will not allow it to rule over me. And when you do that, then God will come down and help you. Say, I want him to help me. And he can help me. He will. Brother Branham said, he cares. Do you care? And he says, he will care, but you got to care first. See, if you're still, you know, one foot in 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 the gospel and one foot in the world, and you don't have come to church, you don't have your family at church half the time, Shame on you dads and moms who don't have your family at church every service that's humanly possible. And I know not every service is humanly possible. Of course I know that. That goes without saying, but I'll just say it for your sake. But when it's possible, which it should be most of the time, if you have aligned your life correctly... There is nothing more important in this day of Satan's Eden than having your family in the house of God to enjoy the presence of God and feel the Holy Spirit and let the preaching of the gospel wash your mind and wash their mind. It is so powerful I have seen people sit in message churches, including this one, for years, and they were never born again, and it proved it once they quit coming to church and their life blew to kingdom come and got into all kinds of twisted perversion. But the fact that they didn't do it or it was extremely limited while they were coming here is testament to the washing effect of the word. They weren't even getting born again, but they were just coming here and under the presence and under the preaching, they're getting their spirit washed. It's a powerful thing. See, but, but when parents let their own careers and their own activities and their own schedules, they don't have come to church. Their kids don't have come to church. Come on, friends. How's God supposed? What do you expect God to do? My... I tell you something, friends, it's just time to take the gloves off. We're too close to home. Hallelujah. All right, he says, so flee also youthful lust, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. He goes on to the church at Colossae. He writes, if ye then be risen with Christ, how many? That means you're born again. Nine of you? How many are risen with Christ? Um, about a little over half of you. Are, you. are you born again of the Spirit of God? I need to change my text if I got that many people who aren't even born again. All right? So, so if you be risen with Christ, seek the world in a new career. I'm sorry. I, I apologize. If, if you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which make you happy. Chase the world. Get a little bit here and a little bit there. You know, get more likes. Be more popular. If you be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. What are you doing? Chasing things down here. You should be seeking those things above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Sitting on the right hand of God is power. 
No wonder you don't have power in your home, in your life, in your testimony. You're not seeking the place of power. All right? All right? On the right hand of God. Set, uh, excuse me, uh, set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. That Colossians 3, 1 and 2, that is so gripping. I could just stand you up and dismiss and you could go home and you'd be benefited having just read that. If you would just follow that, listen friends, if you would just follow that, it would fix probably 99% of every problem you've got in your life, in your family, in your children, in your finances, in, in your spirituality, in your prayer life. You're talking about power to cast out devils. You're talking about power to take chaos and bring it back into order because you commanded it so. Do you realize that's the whole plan of the Holy Ghost? That's what the Holy Ghost is given for, to empower the church to be Jesus Christ in the earth. See, Brother Branham, when he says, we're, we're, we're kings, but we live like paupers. It wasn't just the fact that oh, we, we just chose to live as paupers. We weren't claiming our spiritual rights. It's really because... All right. Set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead, you're supposed to be, and your life is hid with Christ... In God. Amen. So, but this is why Brother Branham would say, you go so far into God, Satan can't even find you. Well, how could he if you were hidden in, with Christ in God? Amen. I mean, Brother Branham says, you're sealed in, he's sealed out. All right? When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall you also appear with him in glory. Yeah. Uh, good news. Yeah, this thing ends really well. This thing ends really well. Hallelujah, you get the prize. Hallelujah, you get the... Uh, you say, oh, sorry, a pot of gold. That's, a pot of gold is jump change compared to what we're getting. Hallelujah. A pot of gold is nothing. They pave streets with that stuff in glory. You shall appear with him in glory. Now, I want to carry on from verse... I'm going to... Uh, Let's see, I want to, okay, let me, let me read verse 5. Mortify, therefore, your members, this is your body, which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is actually idolatry. All right, now I'm going to take from verse 5, and I'm going to read down through 10 from the uh, New Living Translation. So put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Amen. Remember, that? J.D. broke that down for us, friends. Yeah, you're born again, but you still got things lurking within you. In this flesh is not redeemed. Amen. Flesh and bone cannot inherit the kingdom of heaven, Jesus said. So it's got to be changed. This fallen flesh is not going to inherit the kingdom of God. It's going to be changed and you'll have a body likened unto his glorious body. See? Put to death. How do you put something to death? You kill it. How should I kill it? I don't know. Choke it. Strangle it. Starve it. 
burn it, whatever. Just apply it. Whatever's got you bound, starve it. Strangle it. Choke it. Kick it out of your life. This isn't rocket science. See? Put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do those things when your life was still part of this world, but now... It is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, dirty language. Don't lie to each other for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Isn't that beautiful? Now, it, now it's, obviously, it's obvious that Paul is speaking to people in his mind who are born again. Well, then if, if I'm born again, it, Paul wouldn't be saying, giving me these instructions if it wasn't true, as Brother Jason was showing us, it's still true that I can let my flesh get the better of me and I have to go back and repent again. Paul knew that. You know, I've heard, I've heard you know, and there's, there's certainly truth to it. Of course it's true. Brother Branham said it. He starts talking about heinous sins and adultery and different things like that. And, and he says, of course, my Holy Ghost would keep me from that. And that almost becomes like a blanket thing to say, really what they're saying is you should never have a mistake at all. Until you pin them on that and they go, well, no, you're going to have mistakes. Okay, well then, now since you're the arbitrator, tell me, tell me where that crosses the line. So, so you say, well, but the, my Holy Spirit would keep me from that. Well, of course, no kidding. The Holy Spirit's never going to agree with you sinning. He's never going to. He's never going to be okay with that. But he's not going to force you either. He, you, you, if you're his child, he'll wear you out, and you'll wish you hadn't have done it. But I, he still loves me. I've still passed from death unto life. See, but I'm instructed: don't let these things rule in your members. See. All right, um, 10, put on your new nature. And in other words, live according to the inner man. Let your outer man be a representation of your inner man. Put on your new nature and be renewed. I mean, listen, friends, look at what you're reading. You put on your new nature. You can't give yourself a new nature. You can't born your birth yourself by the new birth. Of course it has to be God to give you a new nature. Paul's not saying save yourself. He's saying live the outside according to the inside. Put down lust and evil concupiscence and, and don't have anything to do with these things. Bring your flesh under subjection to the Holy Spirit. Make whatever changes you feel you need to make. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. Amen. Brother Matt had this quote. I don't remember if he put it up. I'm going to put it up tonight, but he was quoting from it. it so powerful. When he was preaching um, his two parts there, 
Brother Bram, talking about the new birth. When this takes place, the thing you'll do then, you'll find out that, that the spirit that comes in you from the new birth, you, here's what it'll do. You will believe and do. Everybody say, believe and do. You will believe and do everything that God says in his word for you to do. That, that's, that's, what's, that's what the Holy Ghost is given for. Might I sometimes fail to do that? Yes. You might not only fail to do it, you might, be, you might fail to believe it. And God have to come down and rebuke your unbelief. Put you through a trial and show you you actually believe it more than you think you do. There's nothing like a trial to give you desperation and prove to you that you're more of a believer than you thought you were. Oh my, God has ways, friends. Amen. All right, he has ways. But here's the overriding principle of the new birth. You will believe and do everything that God says in his word for you to do. There is a big difference between making mistakes and even... even getting overwhelmed by a desire because your prayer life is slack, your church attendance is slack, your consuming of the word of God is slack, your consuming of Netflix is high. Bible consumption, prayer time, way low, way low, church schedule, way low, ESPN, way high. Is this okay? YouTube, really high. Facebook, out of this world. <laughs> Instagram, all the other grams and all. I'm not even going to start down the list. I don't even know what I'm, have what I'm talking about on most of them. But I do know this. And I do know what this will do if you make this the biggest part of your diet. I know what will happen to you if you don't. Say, so how do you know? Because I've done it and I've found myself uh, slack. And I just found that it, I didn't lose a new birth. I just lost. I got my priorities. I let, I let the siren song of the world, you know, sing me to sleep. And the next thing you know, you know, you got, you got days. I, I tell you, I'm so glad God taught me that early in my Christian experience. Prayer changes everything. Prayer, we preached on it here some time ago. Prayer is you in a partnership with God. Prayer's not a wish list. Prayer certainly not to change God's mind from what he would otherwise not do. Uh, prayer is to change your mind, Amen. see? But prayer gives you the partnership with God, just like Jesus partnered when he said to his disciples, the harvest is truly white, uh, the field is white unto harvest, but the labors are few. Pray ye the Lord of the harvest, that he send forth labors. And Brother Brenham said here he was standing there, he was Lord of the harvest, and he's saying to them, pray to the Lord of the harvest. And Brother Branham said, in other words, Jesus was saying, look, I want to do this, but I want you to pray and ask me. Prayer is you in a partnership with God. Hallelujah. You can travel the world vicariously through prayer. Brother J.D. goes overseas. You don't know what he might face. He don't know what he might face. But God knows what he might face. And God is, it will, it will anoint you to hit your knees and you don't even know why. And you start praying for him. And you've just, you've done what Paul did. Paul said, my spirit there with you. You have literally crossed an ocean through prayer. This is supernatural, friends. You literally move into another realm. What a privilege prayer is. 
I literally can move through dimensions while I'm on my knees speaking to God. I've lifted myself up into heavenly places and I'm projecting the word of God. I am. God praying through me. Prayer is one of the most privileged things you can ever have a hold of. It makes you a co-worker with Christ. See, you might never go to the Middle East, but you can go there in prayer. You might, you might never stand in this pulpit and preach a sermon, but you can by praying for the preacher standing here. See? Well, oh, I got to fly. All right, now. All right, you will believe and do everything that God says in his word for you to do. And everything that the Bible quotes for you to do, you'll punctuate it with an amen. Now that's in your life. Talk is cheap. Amen means so be it. In other words, it's things in my life. So be it, Lord. That's what Mary said. Be it unto me. Mary didn't say, okay, I agree. Mary said, amen to the word. Be it unto me according to your words. I can't produce it. I'm not the one said it. You said it. So you do it. But I'll believe it. And I'll do my part, whatever I've got to do. Hallelujah. See? Everything that the Bible quotes you to do, you'll punctuate it with an amen. And you'll not stop day and night until you receive it. That's right. That's right. And in all this time, you'll certainly, above everything, bear the fruit of the Spirit. You say, will I speak in tongues? You might do that. You might not. Will I shout? You might do that. You might not. But there's one sure thing you will do. You will bear the fruit of the Spirit. And the fruit of the Spirit is love, it's joy, it's peace, it's faith, it's long-suffering, meekness, gentleness, patience. Your temper will not be, ooh, just remember, just remember when you got that, the poisons, that poisons the Holy Spirit away from you. Can't control that temper. Can't control your spirit. Solomon said you're like an unwalled city. The enemy just walks in and out as he ever he chooses. See? So he says, um, that, old po- that poisons the Holy Spirit away from you. It breaks my heart to read those words. I can't imagine that there's been time where I poisoned the Holy Ghost after everything he's done for me. When you get to a place that you want to uh, fuss with everybody, my goodness, uh, you come along to, there's something wrong. When you get a place where the, a minister will read from the Bible. Boy, I've had my share of this. Read something from the Bible that it's wrong to do a certain thing and you'll just remember there's no Christianity there at all. You know, I've had people just get so mad at me because I was teaching things we shouldn't do out of the Bible. And I just say what I say now what's evident, there's no Christianity there at all. And that's why they were doing it. That's why they still do. There's no Christianity there at all. Amen. See? That's now that by their fruits you shall know them. That's what Jesus said. If, if it's the word, uh, let's see. If it's the word of God and God said so, that spirit in you will cope with that word every time. 
Because genuine Holy Spirit will cope with the word. Because the word is life and spirit. Jesus said, my words are life. Now, I've been breaking that down for you. In fact, is uh, take that down, Brother Josh, and, and get ready to pull up some scriptures and do it all super, super fast. Amen. <clears throat> all right. Now, we've read to you, and we won't need to go there. Josh, we're going to go to John 6, 63. And I've re- we, we know John 1, 1. In the beginning was the Logos, the Word. The Logos was with God, and the Logos was God. It's the established Word. See? All right? And, uh, and then the Logos was made flesh and dwelt among us and became a human. All right? But when you go to John 6, 63, Jesus is saying, It is the Spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. The words that I speak unto you. Now that's Rima. See, because the purpose of the word is not to just stay ink on paper. It's more than just your mental agreement with the teaching. It's your willingness to let this get written behind skin or not. And, and if that's your decision, then, then I'll just say welcome to the tribulation and welcome to the judgment bar. Good luck with that. I hope the best for you. But I don't plan to go there. I don't plan to get left behind. I plan to go up when the trumpet sounds. I plan to be seated on the throne. You say, well, how do you know you won't stand the judgment? Oh, I am standing the judgment. Everybody stands the judgment, Paul said. We all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. That's not the question. The question is when and where. And since this right now, this is the judgment seat of Christ, then I choose here and now. I don't want to choose there and then. I'll choose here and now. See? All right, so John 15 uh, Verse 1, all right, here it is. Jesus says, I am the true vine. We're going to go John 15, I think 1 through 8, Brother Josh. I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. That's a farmer. That's a gardener. It's the, it's the caretaker, right? But, but most perfectly, a husbandman is a farmer, which is exactly, that's just so perfect of the Holy Ghost. Just like a farmer plants a seed and cares for it while it grows and keeps the weeds out and harvests it, see? And so Jesus talks about, you know, taking the wheat to the garner and the chaff is burned with unquenchable fire. So he's a good farmer, so he knows what he's talking about. I am the true vine and my father is the husband and every branch in me that beareth not fruit he taketh away and every branch that beareth fruit he purgeth it that it may bring forth more fruit no, I'm sorry, you're, you're not going to Disney World. You're going to get purged so you can get more fruit. Now watch, now watch this. This is, this is a tricky. Now ye are clean through the Logos. That's what I was saying a while ago. Just reading the Logos, just hearing it read, there's a blessing. There's a washing of the water just coming under and having somebody teach this to you, there's a washing. I've seen it happen to people who sat in churches and lived mostly sanctified, and some of them lived incredibly sanctified lives for decades, and then, and then quit church, and as soon as they quit church and left the message, uh, they backslid yeah. almost overnight. Amen. 
breathtakingly fast. Immediately they did it. And so, and then, and, and then try to claim they're still a Christian. That's just not true. I'm sorry. That's just not true. Say, does that finish them? Not for me to say. Thank God. That's for the Lord. That's the, the judge will make that decision, not me. See, I just know I'm a believer. And I'm going all the way. Amen. Watching that clock. It's going fast. Now ye are clean through the word, the Logos, which I have spoken unto you. Now catch this word. Abide in me. Interesting. Uh, I'm trying to think of his name now. It escapes my mind. Um, oh, goodness. But uh, made, made some comments, got my mind thinking, pointed out the fact that how that Jesus in the early part of his ministry would always say to his disciples, follow me. And he says, isn't it curious that right before he leaves the earth and goes home, he now, he now says something further. It's not just follow me, but abide in me. Amen. See, because see, the Holy Ghost is coming. The church is getting ready. His kingdom is getting ready to be in the earth. See, so it's not just, there are, the world is filled with followers of Jesus. But there's a big difference between following him and abiding in him. Amen. Or Amen. you in him and he in you, see. Abide in me and I in you. Don't just follow me. Don't just agree with me. Abide. Uh, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me. See, this is your daily life. This is your, this is what I was, this is what everything I've been saying. That it's, it's you adjusting and arranging your life. This, this is an action word. This isn't just, you know, something, a nice thought. Oh, I abide in Christ. What does that even mean? You, 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 I, I abide in Christ and he abides in me. Well, then why does your life look the way it looks? It doesn't look like this. Yeah, but I'm a believer and I follow it. Oh, I'm not accusing you of not following him. I'm, I'm saying, do you abide in him? Does your life show that you're, not, that you're more than just following there were many, the Bible says, that followed him no longer. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. They, they, and and they, they all abandoned him. Jesus said to his disciples, will you go also? They said, Lord, where do we go? You have the words of eternal life. Amen. So he comes into verse 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him. This is the one. This is the same one that bringeth forth much fruit. For without me abiding in you and you in me you can do nothing see if a man abide not in me he's cast forth as a branch and is withered and men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned if you abide in me and my words abide in you now catch it if you abide in me and my rima abide in you not just the established word not just you're mentally following this, but, but has your life become this? Then you're abiding in him. He's abiding in you. 
The word, if you abide in me, if you abide in me, and my words, my rima abide in you, you're the one who will ask what you will, and it shall be done to you. You're the one herein who my Father, in who my Father will be glorified, that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. You who have become the living word. You who, in other words, you who allow the word to live in you all the time. Abide in me, see. So, so So he's establishing them through the established word, the logos. Uh, that we read in verse 3. But, but, but if that's true, give me verse 3 again, Josh. So now you're clean through the Logos, which I've spoken unto you. So the question becomes, then why does not the nominal church member live clean <clears throat> if they have the Logos? If they, and they do. <laughs> they read from the same book. They've got them in their library just like I do. They've got them in their pews just like we do. They have the Logos just like you have the Logos. But verse 7 is showing it's got to come from ink to skin. It's got to be a living thing. It's got the living saints, those who are alive with the life of Christ, Him abiding in them, them abiding in Him. That's the ones who will ask the Father in my name. That's the ones who will have the power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit. See? So Rima must be in play for the established word to live out of his disciples. That's the point Jesus is trying to get them to understand. You're not just going to follow me anymore, boys. You're going to need to go. You're getting ready to have an experience that's going to take you deeper than just following me. My ministry... Jesus is saying to them, my ministry is about to multiply. Now, not like you think. Probably you're, you're going to be surprised how it happens. You're going to get discouraged and think Calvary is a, is a devastating defeat. But what you're going to find out later, oh my, is on that morning, on resurrection morning, I will ascend with all power in heaven and earth and I'll send you into Jerusalem and I'll come down among you and then you will be me in the earth again in a many-membered body. Hallelujah. That's what it means to be a message believer. Say, what, what was the early church in Jerusalem? Message church. Oh, of course. Of course it was. The message isn't a new thing. The message is a restoration of what already was. We just call it the message. It's the gospel is what it is. But, but, but the, the beauty of this version of it is that it's the full, complete revitalizing, the full, complete repairing of the altar, the full, complete restoration, the full, complete Christ the, the brother Branham said, brother Branham said, a, a full promise from a full God, and that makes a full believer. Hallelujah! Oh my! So we see then that that this that what Jesus is showing them that the word must go from logos to rima, and this actually is the non-negotiable. I know Trinitarian preachers like to preach that belief in the Trinity is the non-negotiable, which is ridiculous. 
because you've just threw out all the apostles because they never believed the Trinity because it didn't even exist. See, and then, and then even when they finally started putting it together, as Brother J.D. has showed us in his Sunday school classes, they didn't even have it all formed up. It took hundreds of years, and it was a work in progress. So what, my goodness, uh, what, the apostles didn't believe in the Trinity? No one had even ever used that word. They knew, hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. They knew Jesus was God. They, they knew who he was. They weren't, they weren't, they, 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 you say, how do you know that they knew who he was because not what they said, but what they did. They heard him say, baptize in the name of the father and the son and the Holy ghost. And when they applied that, they baptized people in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hello. That's not hard. They understood clearly who he was. See, their actions proved that they had the revelation. See, so, oh my, I'm, I'm out of time. Stand up, we're done. God bless you. Amen, praise the Lord. Amen. Oh, I want to keep going, trust me, but I would need a long time. So we, we might get Sunday as 9 and next, next Sunday or Wednesday as 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. Amen. You love the word of God, friends? I, I, I think you've absorbed enough tonight. I think that I was able to make at least one of my first main points. I don't want to start in on the next, uh, the next level unless I could keep you here for a while. But it's Wednesday. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's sing a song or two, Matthew, and then we're going to uh, take up requests. If, if you're out there on the air and you've got a request, I had a couple that came in. Get them to me right quick, and we'll try to get them included. Amen. Let's sing, Brother Matthew. I want to be ready You have it with you? Okay, just hold on to it. Just hold on to it. want to be ready Oh, I, I want to be ready to go. Sing it now. requests that I have currently and I'm still waiting to get others brother Bruce writes dear brother Jason a brief testimony regarding sister Linda she's doing much better with the pain with the pain management she's currently using for which we are thankful to the Lord Jesus for his healing touch 
We also have two prayer requests. One of our cleaning ladies, Tammy, is scheduled to have a growth removed, goodness, from the frontal lobe of her brain on January 7th and is encouraged that, that we would have prayer for her. Secondly, our eldest son, Paul, is requesting prayer for a situation at his place of employment where he's been for 22 years and wants God's will for the outcome. That's smart. That is smart. God bless you and the bride in Buford. Brother Caleb Campbell writes, the whole family is sick. Joy's got a cold and ear infection and just not feeling good at all. They're desiring prayer. Uh, Sister Ruth writes a prayer request for my mother, Helen Wilson. She's been diagnosed with ovarian cancer and will start her chemo treatments on Friday. She's confident that God will bring her through this victorious as he did with breast cancer and bladder cancer and she will testify of his healing power once again. Pray for strength and unwavering faith during this battle and our family as we support her. Sister Ruth, we certainly will do that. Absolutely. Let me just make sure that no others have jumped in here on me. Um, Sister Meredith says, Brother Jason, please have the church pray for my friend Amanda in Tennessee. Um, she lost her daddy to leukemia this week. Amen. Praise the Lord. We certainly will. Sister Meredith. Amen. Let me. Amen. Brother Brad, I want you to come up here and lead us in prayer. Uh, if you can break away from your device or yet. Oh, see? You see? <laughs> You're not where you usually are, brother. <laughs> Amen. And uh, come on up here behind me. And uh, my voice is already starting to feel it. And, and I've uh, hit the gas pretty hard tonight already. So, all right. So these are, let me just make sure you get these right. You believe God will move for these needs? I certainly believe he will, friends. That's exactly why we pray. Amen. Let me see. Looks like one more. Sister Sharon Short, Patricia wants prayer for her appointment. Yes, I talked to Sister Pat today. She's going in for a, um, some scans, and the, the, these scans will determine whether they do more advanced scans. And so um, she wants prayer for her appointment on Friday, um, and the test that, they, that they're going to do with the scans and the results. She's looking for good results and treatment of, for her leukemia. They don't yet, I don't think talking to her, it doesn't sound like even the doctors have a firm grip on what kind of leukemia it is and uh, is it the kind that's chronic or is it the kind that's, um, uh, there's another word that, that uh, you'd have a very short time to live. There's another kind that is much, more, is much longer and um, we'll, we'll see. Let me put this down. Correct. Exactly, Mo. It's just the devil. They can call it what they want, but the Jesus always called it a devil. Okay. Brother Brad, I think that should do it. Amen. Praise the Lord. You love the Lord? You ready to believe his word? Make sure we got juice right here. Brother Jackson, Brother Brad, here is our... I didn't see any others. One last quick look. I don't see, uh, whoa, no, I can't even get to that. Okay, um, whoops, all right, amen, let's pray. Praise the Lord. We'll get to you just in a minute, sister.
Let's all pray and believe. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just, first we want to thank you for the word we heard tonight, God. Father, all we can say is, Lord, just apply it to my life, Lord. Father, may we be, may, it's, it's our job to do it, Father, because we have made ourselves ready. Lord, I just pray, God, that you would just move and strengthen my brother's body, Father. Lord, thank you for the word, Lord. It's touching our hearts, Father. Lord, each one of these requests that was mentioned, Lord, Father, I just pray, God, that you're a healer. We serve a miracle-working God. There's no need that's too great for you, Father. We'll send healing power to the, to the Caleb Campbell and his family, Father. Lord, even right now, Father, we pray, Lord, may your spirit just come in that home, Lord. May they be healed, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord. Lord, these other requests, Father, that was mentioned, Brother Bruce, Lord, thank you for the testimony he gave. Lord, his sons, Lord, wanting to, to your will for his job, Father. Lord, we, we know what you can move for him, Lord. It's important, Lord, of what your will is in our lives. Father, the, the housekeeper there, Lord, it's got the, the tumor in her in brain. Father, God, I pray, Lord, may you touch our sister, Father. May you move for her, Lord. And, Lord, may there be no harm done from the surgery. Lord, may be removed, Father. We can believe, Lord, it won't even make it to surgery because we serve a healer. Lord, the surgeon, the greatest surgeon of all. Father, I just pray, Lord, that you just move upon that request, Father. Lord, Sister Meredith, Lord, sent that request in for her friend Amanda. Father, lost her father. Lord, I pray, may you bring comfort to the family. Lord, bring comfort. And Lord, at this time of need, Father, I pray. Lord, I just, for Sister Pat, Father, Lord, you see the need there, Father. Lord, nothing, Lord. Nothing's too great for you, God. May you go to this need, Lord. Father, we need a miracle, and we, we believe you're going to do it, Father. Lord, I just pray, God, if there's any more that I've missed, Lord, Father, you heard all of them, Father. You know every person is here, whatever need we have. Father, I pray, God, may you move according to your perfect will. Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, we place all these in your hands. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Have my uh, ministers gather right here. Um, um, so this is her name is Erin. Erin, okay, and she's a friend of yours. And there's cancer. All right, put your hand on there, Sister Emily, on the top of it. All right, brothers, right here. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray over this scarf, Lord God. And Father, these items, Lord, that when they contact the body of, of this person, Lord, that in the name of Jesus Christ, the supernatural power of God would rebuke the devil. We pray against him right now, Lord. And we, we log this petition in heaven right now. Lord, we ask that the enforcer of the God's word, the Holy Ghost, Lord, evict the devil, send him into dry places. May she be made well, Lord, in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. All right, Sister Emma. All right, amen. Praise the Lord. Let's sing another bar or two, Brother Matt, before we go. Amen. You happy to be a Christian? Amen. Turn around and shake somebody's hand standing near you. Say, God bless you. Amen. Before we sing, before we sing, anybody got a testimony before we go? I don't see a microphone right here. Anybody got a testimony they want to give? Come, Sister Melissa. Amen. Oh, there you go. For Sister Melissa. Sunday when Brother Tim was here for prayer for a few things, but one of them was for my feet. I had been having extreme pain, and uh, at times 
where it went by the time I got home from work and I don't really have a real physical job. I am on my feet all day, but it's, you know, it's it's not like I'm just, you know, hurting so bad that I didn't stand to wear shoes. I'd actually bought the shoes that I'm wearing, and when I got them in, I was so excited, but I couldn't even put them on because my feet hurt too bad. And I've been able to wear them without any problems. And I know that's such a very small thing about the shoes, but as far as my feet hurting, it was excruciating. Wow. Uh, to the point I couldn't hardly even walk at times. And God has heard my prayer, and I just want to thank him for that. Little as much when God is in it. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Anybody else before we go, Brother Don? I just uh, want to thank the Lord for what he's doing behind the scenes. And we're living in a day, and I know you all feel it. So much is transpiring and moving quickly. A lot is happening, and not to, I don't want to take a long time, but I just want to say that I've been doing so many projects, they just keep uh, multiplying, but the Lord has been helping me to get through all this stuff, and here I'm retired now, I've been retired since August, and my life is busier now than when I've worked full time, but uh the Lord is amazing. Just what he's doing behind the scenes is incredible. Every time I have a need, he doesn't always uh, come through right away, but it all just seems to work out. And I'm just very grateful for what he's doing in my life. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord, Brother Don. You're like Brother Eddie. You go every day, you get tired. You go to sleep and get some rest. You go out the next day and retire. Yeah, amen. Chris, go ahead. Yeah, I just wanted to say that um, on the way to church, me and Brother Chris Watkins had a conversation about my decision to come back and everything, and it just seemed like I just wanted to say that I took basically everything we spoke about. You just preached it tonight, so I, there was nobody else the service was meant for. It was meant for me. And I just, amen. Praise God. And I just want to say that I'm glad that I came back. And amen. And, I've just been through a lot but in a trial, and I did um, fall away and then went into the world, but I'm just here to say that I believe that the sermon was for me, and I feel blessed by being here. Praise so. the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Any, anybody else before we go? We're going to go out the door here in a second. Amen. Let's sing, Brother Matt. We've been made more than Aren't you glad for that? Overcomers in this In this life, life this very one right now. Oh, we've been made victorious through the blood of Jesus Christ. We've been made more than conquerors. Oh, we've been made more than conquerors. God bless you. You can be dismissed in Jesus' name.
the 